awesome date. Halloween 2011. Awesome topic. GMX. This is the awesome cast. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, shut up, Basil. <laughs> And welcome back to the Awesome Cast. I'm Basil. I'm Douglas. And with us are a gigantic compadres of compadriness, the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast. Woo! You called us fat. <laughs> we are fat. Sorry, Charlie. But they're awesome, and I like them. Oh, what the heck? I'll do it. And we have Barry. Yay! Woo! He's the best. <laughs> He's the berryest berry of all berry town. He's very special. Oh. Damn right. I've been holding on to that one. Barry's also been a wheel in a wheelchair for this con, so he can give us a perspective from that. <laughs> Wasn't the only one either. As a bionic man. I, I really <laughs> wanted to make a uh, horrible comment that was also related to Halloween. You know. Go ahead. Tell, tales from the crypt. Oh, 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 Tales of Vesperia? Oh, no. Not sad, friends. See, yes. yeah. No. yeah. Well, you're like, oh, go ahead. Too, too I, I even told you it was going to be horrible. You, I, like, okay, oh. if you say, I have something to say. Look, you said Tales of, my mind instantly went to Vesperia. That's just where it goes. And very, I love you, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not meant in hate. Okay. It's not meant in hate. I am a lightning rod of comedy. The topic of conversation is the Geek Media Expo, which is, well, (coughs) it's currently happening, but it already happened by the time you're listening to this, which is in Nashville, Tennessee. It's by the guys who run Intac. It is uh, referred to as GMX 48 Hours of Cool, and it's much more their uh, general meat, meat of geeks and geek stuff. Think of it like a smaller scale Dragon Con. But, and by smaller scale, you mean significantly smaller scale. This is a much smaller convention, like, which well, is not necessarily to its detriment. I've no. actually had a great time having a smaller convention. Like like centimeters to nanometers. That's that's a great great analogy. <laughs> I, it, I mean, that makes it so so much clearer now. Yeah. Way to contribute. <laughs> I'll help it. <laughs> Yay for us. So we got here on Saturday, but did any of y'all get here on Friday? Uh, very late Friday. Dylan was here early on Friday. Okay, so did you do anything cool on Friday? 
don't really. Well, I got registered. Um, he got tested. He got tested. Yeah. He, went to did, he did get tested. I did have get tested, but that happened uh, Tuesday through uh, Thursday. They were very important tests. They were very important tests. So, so fortunately, he came back with a clean bill of health. So that herpes scare. Well, that's good. Uh, that, it had nothing to do with that. It actually, uh, <laughs> I am helping the future of medical research. Really have. Um, Solving herpes every day. What's, what's the weather like up there on your high horse, Dylan? I, I, it's, it's great. No, I'm, I'm not going to get into John, you leave him alone. Um, so I went to the Follow Friday panel that uh, Nico and I think Jonathan Wright, I don't think I follow him on Twitter. I don't think I've met him before. I uh, did. So, are you following him now on Twitter? I am following both of them on Twitter. Well, then there was a successful panel. Was tell us about it. Um, it, it was kind of they kind of generally went over the difference between the different social networks. Um, the real goal was they wanted to provide. They, they wanted to talk about how people do follow Friday poorly on Twitter. If you've seen a lot of people, you know, just dump out a whole list of names and they kind of gave guidelines and suge suggested some accounts to follow so uh, it was pretty good it, it was funny because we were stuck up on the second floor um, you're stuck you're stuck up on every floor dylan <laughs> well the, one, one of the things about this convention is that everyone's always stuck on whatever floor they're on for a little bit yeah uh that's that's kind of something that's interesting about this convention is that a several like most of the panels were actually being held on the second floor but most of the main events were on the first floor and there there is a stairwell but it's not really in a convenient place to get to it's not really easy travel so that wheelchair didn't help yeah the elevator uh, use is almost mandatory and i i guess it wouldn't have worked as a large convention, but as a small convention, it did work that people were going from floor to floor. Pro tip for those of you listening, service elevators. Yep. Nobody ever goes on them because you're probably not supposed to. <laughs> but they but, won't uh, say anything to you if you do. Yeah, I've, well, I've got on one with them on the hotel staff and they didn't say shit. I think it depends on the staff member you talk to. Because mm -hmm. I know other staff members who had to shoot people off the service elevator. Mm. So I think it really depends on which staff member at what point and what, how congestion it is. Yeah. Because I think that the service air elevator is really supposed to be made use for... By the hotel service. Service. Hotel, well, service, and I think also the con staff to make sure they can get where they need to go mm -hmm. if they have to get somewhere soon. Well, also think about it. If somebody has an emergency, that service elevator is where they need to go. Yeah. So, oh. never, so never mind. Uh, wait, Don't use the wait, service elevator. Wait like a schmuck. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to use the service elevator. Actually, Wink. Let, let's apply an ethical principle to uh, to con going. Uh, when, whenever you're about to take an action, think, what would I think if a bunch of uh, giggling teenagers, annoying giggling teenagers did this? If you If it is still acceptable, then the action is ethical. Well, that's, wow. that's, that's a very good, good analogy. That's, that's that's not only a good analogy for a con. That's a good analogy for life. <laughs> I think that's actually I, that's that's the basis of a whole new philosophical school. I think. No, I think that's like Clint or whatever. I don't. See you next Tuesday. So did you do anything else on Friday, or is it pretty much just following Fridays? Um, 
We went to Geek Stew. That was actually that was interesting. Until the TV started messing up. Yeah. Yes. What's and Geek then Stew? it got. It, it, it's basically they show a bunch of web videos, oh. and it was really good. Um, <laughs> until the TV started messing up, and does someone want to talk about what happened? I don't. Then they know. broke out the condoms and the banana. I got hit in the face with a package of condoms. No. And they got hit in the face with no. a banana. No, no, no. <laughs> I won't say about who. They, they did the demonstration that apparently uh, you're supposed to do when you get sex ed in, like, you know, school. Mm -hmm. um, and then they, they, they decided... proceed to eat the banana? No, but she they... She said she would later. ...blew the condom up like a balloon and started hitting it around like a beach ball. You know, I have I had never received that method of sex education where they have put the condom on the banana. I haven't either. I've only seen it in movies. Yeah. That is... I nope. thought I just had missed something. When no, was nobody actually Apparently does that. Apparently that only exists in TV land. I always thought the condom was pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> no, apparently not. I mean, it only really goes on one way. I mean, I, I read the instructions while I was at the party. Well, my sex ed teacher <laughs> brought me into a closet, and then, you know, like 30 seconds later, we walked out, and I was crying. And It could have been any scares in the service elevator. It's okay. Oh. We accept you for the way you are. We accept you. Except in Liker, it's a different thing. So, for Saturday, well, yes. did y'all do Saturday morning cartoons or drow dark elven costumes? Yes, both. Yes, we did. Yes, I now want to cosplay a drow. That was fantastic. We have an excellent idea because I, I can't say it. I love drow more than life itself. It's but, not Dil but Dylan came up with an excellent idea of how I, a uh, overweight American, can cosplay a drow. In a non-traditional manner, and I'm like the new politically correct term, overweight American. Yes. Yeah. No, uh, it's it's more like a redundant term as opposed <laughs> oh. to a. Like, oh. Oh. I still oh. use it as fat. I I'm I'm just an American. I am super American. I am the most American person. Here. I am morbidly American. <laughs> I don't think you're too plain. I look American, at him though. and I think pure American. He's got the blonde hair, blue eyes, I, the high cheekbones, I and am the well-rounded figure. I am part of the master race of Americans. <laughs> wow. I'm not. I'm not saying that I am the solution, or perhaps the the final end of anything, but. Wow. I'm not sure why you still bring us back on this podcast, because you know we're going to say stuff like this. I think that's why he brings us back on the okay. podcast. To remind, to remind his <laughs> listeners that it could be worse. You could be listening to Chainsaw Buffet on ChainsawBuffet.com. Oh. Following them on no, Twitter at ChainsawBuffet no. or on Facebook no. at Facebook.com no. slash ChainsawBuffet. No. Or emailing us at podcast at ChainsawBuffet.com. No, nobody emails us. No. Motherfuckers. Nice there. <laughs> no. But the drow uh, was, it was a very was a good, good panel. panel. I caught the last half of that because I was at yeah, Saturday morning cartoons. That. I missed that. Tell me about it. It was fantastic. She actually brought in the model already made up except for the highlighting. She showed uh -huh. us how to do that. But she had a tutorial, a high speed uh, video. High speed video. Yeah. Uh -huh. It was absolutely fantastic. Where at one point wow. it looked like a pointy eared Two Face. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was great. She had some of the tools up there. Um, mm -hmm. She would answer any question you had. It was. Well, well, what's the big difference between cosplaying a drow and cosplaying just a normal elf? Makeup. Black body paint. Lots. Interesting. Either, well, the either only, dark gray, The only socially acceptable blackface. Black yes. That is, That's what that is the whole difference. If you add pointy ears to blackface, it is socially acceptable. Because they started talking about, like, you, you could do modern fantasy drow. It's like, mm -hmm. 
At that point, you're treading very close. Because somebody mentioned doing like Thug Drow. Like, yeah, the, yeah, the it sounded like a neat idea. Oh yeah, it was the host. Yeah, she mentioned it. And then, then we started making jokes about uh, the old Bing Crosby movie Holiday Inn. Go, go check that one out. No, I don't think it's on Netflix because uh, it's super racist. Did a I mean, super <laughs> racist. Wait, what's this? Uh, it's an old Bing Crosby movie. We did a podcast about it. It's called Holiday Inn. Um, just to, to sh- sort of hit the highlights here, um, they open an inn that's only open on holidays because Bing Crosby is a lazy motherfucker. And... Um, they do different little song and dance routines uh, for each of the holidays. And, of course, this was back in the day when uh, Lincoln's birthday and Washington's birthday were celebrated as separate holidays. Instead yeah, of being instead of President's, President's day, day, it was all... So, for Lincoln's birthday, uh, there's, a, there's a whole side story that goes on I'm already goes putting all, my forehead in it. my palms. But I haven't even heard just know it, and I'm going. already... They, they do a routine singing about Abraham Lincoln in blackface. This is the movie where uh, White Christmas comes from. That's a fact. Yeah. Wherever you hear the movie, the, the song White Christmas, you're, you know, wherever you request that on your uh, Christmas radio station choice, you're supporting blackface movies. Have y'all ever heard the Alabama version of White Christmas? Um, no, but it's from Alabama, so I, I know two things about Alabama. There's not shit in it until you get to Hamacon. <laughs> Because it's all fucking brown and hot and oh. boring, and you'll die out there because there's no gas stations between Tennessee and fucking Hamacon. That's true. And uh, that was very there's, true. And and, true. and there's some awesome people there, and then there's everybody else. Well, that I'm lives going in to Alabama. sing for you the Alabama version of "I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas." Please do. I'm dreaming of a sixty-degree Christmas. Just like the ones I used to know <laughs> Where the children glisten <laughs> And treetops listen To hear the sound of snow That will never ever come <laughs> That was so sad. I was about to say, uh, I thought it was some sort of like white supremacist Christmas is what I was expecting. No, sure no just actually thing. just yeah. a reference to how goddamn hot it is. Oh, well. No, so how was Saturday morning cartoons? Lots of technical difficulties. Apparently, because I got there a little bit late, and in the first 25 minutes, there was an issue with audio. So and, and, and Nico couldn't get any of the technical team to show up. And they ran out of cereal. Oh, By the time no. I got there, they were already out of cereal. I was going to see how cereal was, but oh man. Um, it was not. It was not. But um, once they got it working, they actually showed some pretty good stuff. Uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog, um, that wasn't horrible. Only the uh, first season of it wasn't yeah. horrible. The second season um, was gone. Man, whatever. Chili Dogs for life. Chili Dogs for life. That's It's a short life, but it's a good one. Um, and they showed a Halloween episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, an episode of the 90s X-Men cartoon where Wolverine reminisces about uh, fighting in World War II as a member of the OSS um, with Captain America. And um, and then I I, I left it to hit up the drow thing right as they were starting to show Voltron. 
Well, that sounds like it was pretty fun. Except for, you know... Except for the cereal, cereal. yeah, and the audio difficulties, I think it would have been pretty cool. They were all after me, Lucky Charms. Well, maybe maybe it's a sort of situation where this year they had a lot of technical difficulties, but if you come back next year, it'll be even awesome, because they'll have worked through those technical difficulties. But bring your own cereal. BYOC. (laughs) Well, again, well... That's still probably a smart idea. Yeah. But even still, I bet you they just weren't expecting the turnout yeah. that they got yeah. for it. I, I have, it's one of those things where, I, yeah, I had the same feeling that next year will probably be a lot better. Mm-hmm. So what did y'all do next? I believe... The, the way the I schedule was... that of, was when we started doing our panel. Well, the way the schedule's been staggered and the few things that we had to do outside of the panels meant that... I, I don't know anybody else, but I kept catching, like... 10 to 30 minutes of a lot of different panels. Because mm. um, I caught like a few minutes of the art auction, a few minutes of the Orion Slave Girl auction, uh, a few minutes of the Doctor Who Story So Far panel. Um, the only panel early on that I actually made the whole thing for was our own panel. All right, well, out of those chunks, what was the best chunk you were at? You did? The, the panel that we did. No, 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 out of the the little chunks. Oh, screw you, man. Which is the best little chunk. Uh, Then we're going to get to your panel. Now, you get to plug, again, uh, chainsupofate.com, whatever. I don't know, man. The the drown one was really cool. The drown, I have to say. Although the Iran Slave Girl auction, if I could have made the entire thing. Yeah, tell me about that. I was real interested in that, hearing about people talking about it after the fact. It was essentially sort of a bachelor, bachelorette auction kind of thing. Like, Like, they had... Like, they auctioned off guests first that either, like, um, shoot, one of them you got to, uh, you got a signed picture and got to have a drink with them. Mm-hmm. There was one person you got to have dinner with. Mm-hmm. There was, um, oh, who, Patricia Albrecht, I think it was, that you got a, an hour creative writing sort of. Wow. Not really, a, well, more of a workshop than a lesson. Or a... Oh shoot! There was poetry one poetry discussion or it, something. It, yeah, poetry dis- one hour like poetry discussion or creative writing workshop. Um, and well, then that's, they had, that's really interesting. It was kind of cool. I would. I really wish I could have seen. What's that? She only went for fifteen dollars. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh man! I would have gone more. It was. That, yeah, that was kind of sad. I would put that in the hundreds, not fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I so blame, more people need to go to that. Yeah. I blame that yeah. on that happening so early in the day. Yeah. Well, we were there, and who was the? There was some woman later on that. Oh, she went for nearly two hundred. Yeah. She was a Playboy model. Yeah. And wow. She way, her stuff on stuff. way way to way to totally diss on her. Go for it. I didn't diss on her. No, I said, oh yeah, out. she went for two hundred. No, that was not the voice you used. So that's <laughs> fun that you have that kind of denial. Well, still, like you, you would have thought the so the writer would have gone for a lot more, but. <laughs> well, unfortunately, sometimes geeks are not the smartest thing in the world. We'll get to that one later. But first, <laughs> reading books that make you might make you make smarter smart. <laughs> I disagree I with that so. statement. Panel. Um, actually, we should change the name to that. <laughs> I actually like that a lot reading better. Reading books that will make you smarter smarter. smart. Smart, smarter smart. No. Panel not actually guaranteed to make you smarter. <laughs> That's a long title. They may actually so was, reject So was this the panel that you guys did? Yes. Okay, tell me about it. Uh, 
Well, it was me talking about the one book, and then Charlie and Dylan talking about a lot of other books. Yeah, I mean... Uh, and me name-dropping. Not that I would ever do that. At oh, every no, never. You, like, you would never do that. Not that I would ever do that dot com, you mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bet someone owns that. <laughs> I bet they do. I actually thought, like, maybe I should not say this, because uh, someone will actually try to go there. So what is the name of the panel, and what's it about? Nonfiction for Geeks. Um... It's kind of evolved from the fact that Charlie and I tend to read books and then talk about them mm-hmm. to each other and recommend them to each other. So we're just like, sometimes take the bathtub with a with a glass of wine. It's hard to get us both into the bathtub, but why do you do this? Too? Again, we're morbidly American. Why? Um, <laughs> but uh, basically, it was just you know we did that, except you know in front of a bunch of people. With a whole stack of books. Oh my god, you're just like well, fulfilling without, my fantasies further and further. I should not use... You have the weirdest fantasies. I should not use words help. like they that without defining the what they mean. Okay, so we just talked about books in front of a bunch of people. Um, actually, if you missed it, uh, we recorded it and hope to have the, that up on YouTube. So by the time that you see it, you can check out our YouTube page, uh, which is chainsawbuffet.com, and the .com is spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. Okay. Um, Is there a link you can get from like another website, or maybe from our website, or perhaps, that, or perhaps that Basil can provide you when this podcast airs? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, that's no. that's funny. I still need to post that list for the. Uh, getting anime group back from Andy Boy. I still haven't done it. <laughs> this God, is a lazy. <laughs> that the uh, that on the video the. Uh, the sound of the arcade room on the other side of the wall doesn't yeah. drown it out. You might hear us talking about books. You might hear Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it, it's a 50-50. It, it'll, <laughs> it'll become indistinguishable from uh, any other video that we've done. Yeah. You, you will enjoy watching us hold up books. Watching yeah. me name, name drop. But, um, yeah, so that was cool. It went really well. Yes, it did. I expected. Now, I know that y'all been, at some point after that, you got to get a chat with Lucas in. Yes, we did. Yes. We did interview Lucas. Lucas. Uh, the, uh, the concher. Uh, oh. The head of, of GMX and MTech himself. Although this was not our first interview with him. Um, but this is the first interview since they actually started holding GMX. Yeah, we, we got, the last time we interviewed him was actually the AWA before, before the, first the first GMX. GMX. So a couple weeks before the first one. Um... Hey, I have, an, uh, I have a question as somebody who doesn't know much about GMX. How long has GMX actually been running? This is the third year. This is the third this year? This is volume third. Well, this is a very fun convention for its third year. Well, mm-hmm. I guess it's because the staff has just so much experience with doing yeah. MTAG for so many years. And it came a long way from last year. Last year was a much smaller convention. You could literally walk around and see everything in five minutes. Yeah. I think part of that was the hotel layout. Yeah. It was kind of... But there weren't so there weren't nearly as many people either. Yeah, I mean they they did a tremendous job. Well, this has of been, really stepping their game up this year. This has yeah. been a really fun convention for a third year convention. But mm-hmm. go, go on as you were saying. About what? Well, that, basically <laughs> we talked with Lucas about uh, mostly just that the the transition from year two to year three, where it you know GMX might be in its third year, but you know collectively. You know, as far as the the crew that runs GMX, this is not their their first, second, or third rodeo doing a convention since they run MTAC. So, um, and it's we, always cool to talk to Lucas. Yes, 
It really Cause, is. Because um, you get a lot of the behind-the-scenes kind of info that of, of what they're thinking when they put these things on. And it's, yeah. And, it's insightful. And, and really, you know, we talked to them a lot about where GMX and MTAC is going and where uh, they as, as an organization are heading. And uh, I encourage you guys to give it a listen if you go to GMX and MTAC, you know, r- with any sort of regularity because it is a fascinating listen to hear him talk about uh, what what's in the future. Yeah. Um, and, and where could one find this recording? Uh, it would be that same place I mentioned, uh, chainsawbuffet.com. 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 Hopefully we'll have it up before this airs. Now, did y'all do anything before Charlie hit up the T panel, or what time is that? Uh, four. I think we kind of wandered around, went to the dealer's room, went yeah. to the pavilion. One of the things that I found really nice about this convention was how friendly just so many of like mm-hmm. the staff, and that in turn reflected the con goers, how willing they were to set up, just talk to you because. Um, actually, I didn't have much to do until my panel, and so I kind of just sat down in the courtyard um, and did knitting, and I had many people come up and just talk to me, and it was just really fun just to talk to people, and uh, that's one thing that this convention really had going for it, is that there were a lot of really nice people here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, that could be done because it's a smaller convention. Yeah. yeah. The guy who looked like he should have been head of security but wasn't. <laughs> you know, because the stuff like, you know, AWA and, and even MTAC, mm-hmm. you know, it's so filled with people that everyone's always just scurrying, going from place to place. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's really interesting to actually see what happens with MTAC now that they're going to a new location that's a much, much bigger location. Than what they were at previously, and see what effect that has on it. I believe Lucas said that you could drop all of MTAC space wise in the dealer's room for MTAC 2012. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So I wonder if, you know, just the size of the convention space will, you know, sort of artificially reduce the feel of the convention. I hope not. That's obviously, I mean, you can't deny that that's. A, a real possibility, but I hope not. Because I mean, they are the the the, the management of MTAC have always been very upfront about their philosophy behind the convention, um, being about the fans and being very responsive to the fans. And MTAC is a great convention. Yeah, and I'm kind of hoping if they can, if they, if if they're, and I do think they are very serious about that philosophy. I kind of hope that what that translates into, and I think what that will translate into, is no matter how big they get, they won't feel as distant as AWA does or DragonCon does. Well, no, I meant mean the reverse. Like if it's the, if the size of the of the area is so big, mm-hmm. but you know the the amount of people in it is going to seem like a smaller amount. Oh, I got Compared you. to being overcrowded in the previous That's space. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. And so it might get you might be able to get more of a homey feel out of it I see what you're saying by you know by the increase of space and depending on how many people more people show up to the convention yeah well I mean that, that, I think it's going to change it's, I think that those dynamics are going to change for good or for ill I don't know but I think they're going to change yeah well hopefully it'll be for good because like I said before impacts impact every time I have gone has been a really 
a really good convention. It's oh, been yeah. a really like at the heart of anime fandom convention. And I really think every year it's gotten better. Like somehow uh-huh. they've managed. Like the first year I went, which was uh, 2006, was good. And it and it, I don't know how they do it, but they keep managing to make it a better experience. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that GMX exists. Because what you see a lot of anime conventions do um, is they start to, in order to try to keep a hold of that fan base, because a lot of anime fans don't watch that much anime anymore, but they like to go to anime cons, is they'll start, you know, force-feeding not-so-anime panels into the anime con. And I think what Impact you know, Lewis did was really smart. Like, right, fine. You know what? A lot of us are really other stuff that's not anime. Let's make a convention about that. Yeah. And so, especially you notice, like, uh, Impact, like, a couple of years ago, you know, you, you notice that a lot of, then, then the year after that, you know, there's a lot of not-so-anime content and Impact. But so once GMX showed up, a lot of that went away. Hmm. And ended up showing up at GMX and then... There was a lot more anime content at Intac. And so I think by allowing themselves to divide their interests between the two types of conventions, they'll be able to keep the anime, more of an anime con feel into GMX, although, or sorry, into Intac. Although it's got its own issues, that's going to be interesting to see what happens with all the music stuff they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think this upcoming Intac is going to be. It's going to be a teller to see how last year it was a music theme. And so there was, that was a reason why there's so much music and bands and stuff. And who knows what's going to happen this year. I'm sure that there'll still be a music focus, but I don't know if it's going to be as intense a focus. Actually, we, we do know the answer to that somewhat because we... Uh, oh. Hey, name dropping. Uh, we did an interview with Holly Ray, who's the vice president of MTAC. Well, good um, AWA. And what she said was, you know, of course, you know, MTAC is Nashville's anime convention, so they're always going to have music there. It's it's always going to be an important thing to have there. So they'll always have you know like the slants and you know whoever else. Um, but they said you know last year they went overboard up you know because it was a music theme and that was what they were doing and it was Nashville. But this year you know they said you know you can't expect to see more voice actors because that was a big complaint last year. Although you know obviously music theme so. They're, they're going to respond to that, and uh, they said, you know, you can expect to see some people that you haven't seen there in a while. Which is good, because I have heard a lot of people complain about, and a lot of people think that because of the music theme, and I've had to explain to them that it was a theme, that's the reason why there was so much music, that they felt that Impact was just becoming a music convention, and not an anime convention. No, it was, but, it was a music theme, it's just... And Aaron the theme tried to burn down of, the hotel, which is amazing. Well... You know, what we realize is that, you know, the trick is, and what, y'all don't realize y'all live in Tennessee, but, you know, there, you know, I like to point out that pretty soon after MTAC, we had all those tornadoes in Alabama, yes. and we lost power for a week. Yeah. Obviously, MTAC went to 11 so much yeah, that like, we lost our power. Thanks a lot, guys. I'm just, you, I'm just you, saying. You guys don't understand. I, I went to MTAC, and I bought the I Survived Flood, flood Con umbrella. And then I went and used the FloodCon umbrella right before the storms hit, and it broke that umbrella. Wow. Uh, you do know and that. And the tornadoes hit. And so it was like, geez, I just brought them down with me. 
Yeah, of course, the theme for 2012 is uh, the apocalypse. So. Yes. Yeah, so, we'll, <laughs> so that'll be fun. We'll, we'll see how that goes. So anyways, back to GMX. How about some tea? Actually, I want to hear from Charlie. I did the tea panel this year as I am a, a, a tea otaku. I am completely obsessed with tea, and I relish the chance to talk about it at every opportunity that any convention is foolish enough to give me to talk about it. Um, so, but Charlie actually attended my panel, so I want to hear from him how he thought it went. Would it be Otiku? <laughs> Titaku? www.otiku.com? Well, that, I want to go get that. That one. sounds like what, way too close to Oteku, which I think was the uh, tech, uh, tech, Georgia Tech's anime club. Mm. Which eventually for Momocon. So, mm. anyways, the panel. It was very good. <laughs> well, I liked you. it a lot. I liked it a lot. It was the best thing ever. Um, no, it it was, it, it, no, it was really good. Um, covered a lot of material. Um, but I, I mean, I, I learned a good bit that I didn't know. Um, and it was actually, a, a, there was a really good. Um, was it PowerPoint presentation? It was. It was. Well, it was originally designed in PowerPoint, but then I handed it off to Basil to translate into... Open Office. Yeah, Open Office. But, I, I mean, I thought we were... And I thought there was a, uh, a really good turnout for it as well. Yeah. Um, Especially on the second floor with the schedule change. Yeah. yeah. It was originally scheduled for Sunday at 1 p.m., and I have to be at Huntsville for something else at 1 p.m., on Sunday, so that would I, I would have had to have canceled the convent. I would have had to cancel my my panel, um, except they were able like somebody else had canceled their panel, so they were able to work me into where the other cancellation was. Um, but that update did not get printed out onto the schedule that everybody was handed. It was only writ it was only handwritten on a few. Of the pan of the schedules that were posted around the halls, so for being an unlabeled panel, it had a pretty good turnout. But mm -hmm. you know, personally, doing having done this tea panel before, um, I've never done it on the British side of things. I've always focused more on the Japanese side of you know how tea evolved in the Japanese culture. Um, but this time I really focused on how it evolved in the British culture, and I'd never done that before. And I actually did feel as though I kind of petered out towards the end, because I had less people there in the audience who were as tea fanatical as I was. So there were less questions to answer about the chemistry of tea, about the etiquette of tea, and so on. And, and uh, I didn't, the only reason I even knew it was happening was because I caught the last two minutes of the Doctor Who panel, and it was either as people were leaving it or standing right outside it when I was looking over the schedule outside the room, I overheard someone saying, oh yeah, there's some, there's some tea panel, right? And that's, that's when I, I, I did, that was one of the, the ones where they corrected it, mm -hmm. that had scratched out the one panel and put the name of yours. Otherwise, I, I would have known about it, so I kind of looked out. And directly after that... Oh, yeah. Was the was the latest in the escapades of Brony panels, which we may or may not have been at. <laughs> Says the guy with the My Little Pony T-shirt. That is your interpretation. MLP. An, an MLP. 
with a pony, a silhouette of a pony on it. So That's my see, interpretation. You, you can see a lot of things in there. Well, it's like cloud I'm watching. Not, I am not bashful at all in saying that I am totally a brony. And I was there. Unfortunately... So was one other girl. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. oh, she just study herself. Oh. <laughs> now, wait, say that again. She's a study all of her own. Now, if you recall in our this year's previous MTAC podcast, I'm pretty sure Kevin mentioned during the Toku panel there is this one really annoying girl. <laughs> well, guess what? She's also into ponies. Oh, it's the same person. Well, we're pretty sure it's the same person. Interesting. Um, first off, we'll talk about the panel itself. It. Well, my impression, um, I, I I started off by saying I was a brony, but I I might have been exaggerating a little bit. I really like the cartoon My Little Pony: Friendship Is Magic. But to be perfectly honest, I actually came into it independ independently of the whole 4chan thing. And so I really just appreciate it just the same way I appreciate a lot of kids' cartoons. Like, I'm a real big fan of several kids' cartoons. Um, and My Little Ponies is one of them because it's just really amazing. It's just really an outstanding work. But... I'm not really in on all of I'm not really in on all of like the fan created works that go along with it, um, and so the panel, when they were talking about it, they started by talking out. They st the panelists who are actually running the panel, started by talking about the actual origins of the show and the basis of the show, and when they were talking about that, I was really interested. But then they started veering into all the fan-created works, which I wasn't so interested in. But some, but somebody who is a brony who was introduced to it from the 4chan perspective might have had a lot of interest in that. It reminded me a lot of the AWA panel that we're going to drop, drop some more names. Um, Gerald and Calissa made and Neil Nadelman, King of All Bronies, um, ran. Yeah. Where the end of it was, you know, Neil Mendio dawned upon his almighty, I think, Rainbow Dash um, hoodie and spread his wings out all for the herd to fly with. But I've seen pictures pr to prove it. Um, I love Neil Nadelman. He's an amazing man and we'll never let him live it down. Where they really did, they did start off focusing on the why is this show interesting. These are the neat things that it does that we weren't expecting out of a show about My Little Pony. It does a lot. Like, there's really a lot of credit to it. If you haven't watched it yet, you should really watch it just based on its own merits. But do not pay any attention to the fandom if you can possibly help it. And the yeah. trick is, is that the big issue I had, well, that they really can help in any way, was that a good chunk of that crowd were all bat ponies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and they were constantly you know, raising their hand and calling out stuff and interrupting them while they were talking. In this, in this panel... All those people, Which all those dozens of people, girl. all were formed into this one gestalt entity <laughs> that was this girl. Let the fact that you broke out gestalt in, uh, yeah. in the middle of the podcast. Let's just she, call her the panel killer. She had actually come into my panel about halfway through still wearing the pink helmet that I guess was supposed to represent... Um, 
I, I, I kind of think she was doing a cross between Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and My Little Pony. It was a Pinkie Pie Ranger outfit. Yeah, it was okay. a Pinkie Pie Ranger outfit. She came into my tea pail, and when she was in my tea pail, she was actually asking, you know, relevant, interesting questions that gave me an opportunity to elaborate to the larger audience things. But the truth was that she had actually just come into my panel so that she could get herself a good seat for the My Little Pony panel. She said as much. Yeah. Like. She, she said that. And. Wow. And she did saying, not let those out. panelists get an, get an Edwards, get a word in edgewise. Yeah, she stepped on them like eight times. They were about to, someone asked them a question and they started giving an answer. And then she just shot back with, this is how I feel about that. In the oh, back yeah. of and Kamen Rider isn't a ro robot mecha show. In the, after I was done with my tea panel, I went to the back of the room and mm -hmm. I sat down and took a seat along with another girl who had been sitting in during my tea panel because she was interested in both topics. And as we sat together, at one point, this girl, th this girl who sat, was sitting up at the front with the, with the Pinkie Pie Power Ranger costume, uh, confessed that she had already eaten six cupcakes. So the two of us, me and this other girl, were counting down how many cupcakes she had had, waiting for the sixth one to hit. That was the, like, the sugar rush was obviously the last thing this girl needed. God, the, some of the statements that she made, and normally I wouldn't do this, but this girl is the, is the, like, embodiment <laughs> of all that is wrong in anime fandom. I like how we've totally person. identified her by her yeah. costume. No, 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 here's the thing. You can here's find the thing. her. Here's the thing. Uh, we're not Every... saying she, conf at the panel... She confessed her screen name for what's the website called? I think it was Pony Chan or whatever. The... I fear we have gone too far. Well, Let the, us the, not name the point no, no. is that we're not going to say her screen name, but she freely confessed it. Here's, at the... here's the thing if you are that guy in any sh way, shape, or form, you probably do not know that you are that guy or you wouldn't be that guy. This person is so far gone. <laughs> That we could describe her in excruciating detail and everything she did, and she would think it was somebody else doing that if she were to listen to this. Well, the worst part is that, like, okay, when the There's another person in a Pinkie Pie Power Ranger outfit? <laughs> That's weird. I wonder why I didn't see her. It wasn't well, Pinkie Pie. It was Rainbow Dash. I just made it pink. <laughs> well, the worst... Okay. At the beginning of the panel, the two guys who are actually running the panel, they brought along a lot of cupcakes to have uh, for the people who are attending their panel to enjoy because cupcakes are important to My Little Pony fandom for various reasons that I will not go into. They were good cupcakes too, though. Yeah, but they were very good cupcakes. When they announced that they had cupcakes for everybody who was in the panel, she went up and grabbed herself an entire package. cake, an entire package. I think of it was cupcakes. a dozen. The, the ratio of cake to pizza. <laughs> and, and she sat there, and it's it's not a bad thing that she took all those cupcakes. The problem is actually that I came to the conclusion that she was under the impression that she thought that was cute. I, yeah, I can see that actually. Like she thought, she thought that was cute, and that she was acting in a cute way. Ooh, I want cupcakes. I want to take a whole thing, not the overindulgence of it. And and I have 
And and every just about every panel, ninety nine percent of panels have a that guy. Yeah. It's it is an immutable law of the universe. And it's usually me. And sometimes some, it's a mild that guy. Well, some sometimes are worse than others. Some are worse I, than others. This is the first time. This is the first time. I have that I've ever seen a that guy that was completely bulldozing the actual panelists. I mean, some of them have very loud voices. That guy is very good at projecting, generally. <laughs> but I've never seen one just completely bulldoze over a panelist as they are trying to talk. I think someone needs, is, to, be that, needs, to, be, needs to be that guy. Is she small enough to pick up and carry? Yeah. Yeah. If she shows up to our panel tomorrow, I'm picking her ass up and carrying her out and dumping her out. I don't think door. she will. She cares no, not she for podcasting or XNA. No, she I'm will just not be there. saying. I, I'm sorry. She, she did care about past lives being a guy. Oh yeah, she was and a guy in a past life. life. Oh god! Yeah. As, as a person who 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 is a man, but is unfortunately female. As a person who has an X and a Y chromosome, but is phenotypically female. Listening to somebody sit there and go, I'm certain that I was a man in a past life. I'm very sensitive to people who identify as male even though they're female. But the way she expressed it made me put my forehead in my palm and just shake my head. And I just felt so Bad. I identify myself as a lesbian inside of a man's body. Actually, the way she expressed everything. Yeah, like, um, it was it was just, oh, you're not doing anybody any favors, sweetie. Yeah. So, still and, that's, and that's why we didn't make it through the entire panel. Yeah. That we may or may not have actually been at. She was either a panel maker or breaker, depending on how interested you were in her personal psychosis. I will say it was very fun to make fun of her on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know I feel bad about it. No. Nor should you. Nor oh. should you. No, her, she is disconnected enough from reality that she does not even know what you're doing. It is true. Yeah, like no. like like uh like you said earlier, she won't even like even if she hears this podcast, she won't realize it's about her. And no, that's, that's the saddest part of it. So, what panel did y'all do next? Uh, I think I think uh, not a damn thing. Should do a beast versus bazooka. Nope. Adult themes and cartoons. Yes. Let's hear it. It was uh, it was not what I was expecting. I mean, it was enjoyable. But it was not what I was expecting. It was basically a lot of cartoon clips that had um, jokes that if you were a kid, you wouldn't have picked up on. If you're an adult, they're like, wow, that's kind of racy. Was Fairly Odd Parents in there a lot? No, they used a lot of Animaniacs. Oh. Um, particularly one scene, and I remember this scene, and I did not pick up on this, where they're having like a murder mystery thing on a boat, and... Yakko tells um, Dot to go to go find Prince. The next time you see her, she's holding the artist formerly known as Prince. And Yakko says, no, not Prince, Finger Prince. And she looks at Prince and goes, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and I never caught Finger Prince. But, so that's what it was, was basically like a lot of that and fart jokes and um, I mean it was it's interesting. It wasn't. It just wasn't necessarily. I was expecting more of a discussion than a clip show. Well, I mean, it was still cool. 
I actually admit that that's one of the reasons that I really like Fairly Odd Parents is that Cosmo sits there and constantly makes these jokes that clearly fly over the heads of the kids, and the mm -hmm. kids just go, oh, silly Cosmo, you're so random, ha, ha, ha. But the adults watching go, slow smile, I see what you did there. I, I was actually surprised how many sexual jokes there were in Animaniacs. <laughs> yes. I had somehow missed this when I originally watched it. Well, you uh, were a kid. Um, yeah. yeah, true. No. Um, I also caught the tail part of the uh, video game voice actor Q&A, which wasn't nearly as bad as most voice actor Q&As. That's uh, good. There was I, the inevitable, so how do, uh, if I want to get into voice acting, no, how do I do that? But, but I like that you texted all of us when that happened. But it, it, it was actually, so, it was actually pretty good. So you heard it a lot. So how do you get into voice acting if you want to be into voice acting? You don't. You don't. You just don't. Uh, here's, here's what you do. You dream crushers. You, you act. If you're good, you might, you know, get some, some auditions somewhere. But really, it's, you know, you move out to Houston or Vancouver or L.A. Yeah. Uh, preferably L.A. because it's where all the work is. Well, for the anime stuff, yeah. Well, L.A. for all of it. But well, actually, the, the interesting bit that came up in their discussion of that, because all three of them had um, musical backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And that came up in their discussion of how to become a voice actor, is all of them um, articulated how their backgrounds in music actually helped them quite a bit. Like, um, because, uh, I can't remember any of their names, but one guy... Jason was, Charles Miller? Uh, well, yeah, because he was the guy, he actually has a band. Yeah. But, and then the lady that was Gladys, you know, studied as an opera singer, and uh, her, I think, husband um, actually did some composing... Kind of, I mean, he, I don't, he, I don't think he studied music as a performer, but more as a composer. But in all those cases, they said, um, it, 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 you, in studying music, you develop a really good ear. Mm -hmm. um, and they were just talking about how how that can actually help you become a voice actor, which is kind of cool. And it gives you um, a lot of. I, I think they talked about some of, some of the stuff it, it, it helped is with like voice control, breath control, stuff like that. But it, it was, that was pretty cool. I know that speaking of thinking we're getting one thing, but then actually getting another. Yes. Um, while the adult themes and cartoons are going on, we went to the con sociology panel. <laughs> now, <laughs> I was expecting something completely different. I think we all were. It was sociology, though. It was technically sociology. I nearly went to that. Well, it was micro sociology, not macro. Yeah. Which is what I was expecting to hear about the various subcultures within fandom and how they interact in a convention nope. setting. No. Yeah, that's too highbrow. Now, now the trick is, the trick is, well, I think that's, a highbrow is still enough topic that could, that could be done at a... Oh, it uh, could be. At a convention like this. People but ain't gonna do it. what happened was, I think, that the, they didn't put the full title in the mini-program guide that we were looking at. The actual title should have been um, Con Sociology colon... The Zen of Flirting. Yeah, that would have been a good title for this uh... panel. Because like Basil, I walked in expecting this to be talking about, you know, the different cultures that were present in fandom, how at a con those cultures inter you know, mix and interact and mingle, how conventions themselves have their own hierarchy of uh, social status. And I'm at the top. Yes, that's right. Uh, podcasters have a very high ranking. It's true. Um, and... But 
But that's not what we got when we went through this panel. We went through this guy who gave a very, a very good explanation of how to flirt for nerds. It's true. Now, what really got me was that this was in the um, one of the, this was in the Jackson meeting room, mm-hmm. which um, features a table that's like a round table. Yeah. So it really felt like this is a place that we could all sit around this table and have a discussion about something, which sounded perfect for the topic I had in my brain. <laughs> yeah. And then it turned out to be much more of a, exp- you know, a lecture slash workshop. Yeah, we were actually lo- really looking forward to an opportunity to talk about the Pony Girl, but... <laughs> you know, and... and you said, with the Pony Girl. The guy who did I this panel... I could have. I could have. She needs a panel. Like, she does. She needs a panel all her own. I would go to it. I would not. She obviously thought she was a panelist. Well, I'm I sorry. Have, I, have, I, have I have a feeling show. that, A, I don't think that would work, because I think she needs someone to railroad for her to actually work. I like, think, I think if she hmm. gave her a panel by herself, she wouldn't know what to do. Sadly, I've oh. taken... I, I don't know how to, how to feel about her, because I have taken over panels myself. I have, at AWA, taken over artist track panels, because they brought in an artist who was a good artist, but didn't know a damn thing about laying out a comic book page, and so I felt I had to railroad him. But... But this guy about flirting, this man knew what he was doing, and it was a good panel. Yes, like it was. Like what was not what we were expecting, it was not bad. It was very insightful. It was insightful, and while it didn't teach me anything that I didn't already know, it was parsed in ways I hadn't parsed it before. Well, it it really was sociology. Like when he's talking <laughs> about con sociology, it still it was con sociology. It's just we were thinking about the sociology of the entire convention, and he was thinking more about applications of sociology into a con setting. Yeah. I still like the fact that it's a flirting panel, which involved getting you into a room that you felt uncomfortable with leaving. Like, well, okay, it's true. <laughs> what happened was, for us, was that like, yeah, um, Doug, point. Barry, and I, we were the first ones <laughs> in that room. And we sat down expecting it. And this and the guy comes in, he's really excited to see us there. At the time we were the only ones there. And he starts talking about this and that, and he's like, Alright, this would be awesome. He talks to us and we have some rap a rap for we were he was more or less flirting with us. Yeah. But we didn't realize what he was doing. You know, and he was talking to us, well, that's cool. So people sat down. And he starts in on his topic. And he's about flirting, flirting, flirting. I'm like Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> What's going on? And you can't leave at that point. Yeah, you at that point it. you're committed. That's how they get you. You know, and then he was like, and this is the zen of flirting. And I'm like, oh. That's how people join cults. Oh my god. And he kept looking at me the whole panel long. <laughs> Every time he started talking, like, he would say, and maybe, you know, you want to avoid being the creepy guy. And then he would look or, at me and or, say, or the creepy girl. How many girls were <laughs> like, there in there? Actually, Three. it was about half and half. Yeah. Okay. It was about half and half. That, but he looked at me every single time. Kind of single you out as the creepy one. That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, you obviously would be the creepy. Maybe know. he was making you feel bad so that he could make you feel better to pick you up. 
Maybe that's what he was oh, going for. Tearing you down to build you up. That's Twilight mentality. You need to stop that. <laughs> now that Let's would, not talk about pants. Well, she's a now, woman. Now Twilight, you know, <laughs> would encourage heavy drinking. Which Let's thankfully not talk about pants. I have, I have a that panel yeah. might have been improved no, by none heavy of drinking. Us have drank anything tonight. Oh. But I've drunk a ton. Oh, you know. <laughs> yep. Speaking of drinking. Yep. What we what, what we went to next was the getting nerdy panel and by nerdy the K N U R D. How was that? It was very good. Good. It was shit faced. Oh fuck no, yeah! It was like two beers worth, which is mm-hmm. I guess it was at least three. Normally, oh yeah. Um, and what it we was? We didn't get a surprise extra. Yeah, like actually presented by the same guy who ran the flirting panel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, <laughs> Like, well, what happened was that the whole idea was that a guy has picked out several different types of brews of beer and that you could taste it and he would talk about it. There'd be a solid discussion about each beer. But as the night slowly drifted on, uh, the panelist himself got a little bit more inebriated with each passing drink. And so it ended up being a general beer discussion. <laughs> but I it was think cool that, to watch. But I think it was that, wonderful. People knew it was stuff. wonderful to participate in and to be a part of. And I think he intends that. Yeah. I, I think it was kind of built into it. I think he knew that it was because one thing is that this is a limited seating thing. Yeah. Only so many people could do this because they only have so much beer, and you also have to pay five dollars, you know, to help pay cover the cost of buying all this beer. Um, and we did luck out where. Um, the guy who ran the floating panel was like, he's also a brewer himself, and mm-hmm. he also happened to have this really good bourbon uh, stout yeah. from uh, Bluegrass, Bluegrass. Bluegrass Brewery. Brewery. And it was amazing. It was. Um, and he was like, you know what? I'm here. I got this awesome thing. I'm going to go get it. Because we were taking a small break, and he comes back, and it was our last thing, and but we had porters, we had um, not yeast. We um, had pilsners, wheat. but we did not. We had pilsners, but he he went out. The panelists went out of his way to get us a special pilsner that was not typical of pilsner because the truth is is that Miller Light is actually a pretty typical pilsner, and it's not that great. But he got us an extraordinary pilsner that was wonderful. I actually limped because I've I've only tried beer a few times and I just haven't particularly liked it. I didn't really find anything I really liked, although I did like the uh, bourbon barrel stout. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. It was it was a neat experience to go to for someone who's a complete noob. Well, the truth of the matter is that anything that gets brewed, you can be a snob about, whether it's wine, tea. Beer, coffee, if it gets brewed and it's a liquid you can drink, you can be a snob about it. And this panel was a wonderful chance to be a snob in a welcoming and friendly environment. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, Now, after that for us was the Momocon party. Yes. Did y'all do anything else or was that Nope, that was it. I did stuff. Yeah, Charlie and I actually left to go to... What did we do? Well, we'll talk about the panel we went to later. If you guys want to talk about the Momocon party. Okay, well, that's, well that, chronologically, the Momocon panel started first. And apparently what GMX does is they have contests of who can throw the best room party. 
I think that if you win it, you get the Saturday slot. If you don't win, I think you get the Friday slot. And the two big, you know, contestants are the 501, the Star Wars guys, uh-huh. and Momocon. And then last year, Momocon won, so I guess they got the Saturday slot. And I could be wrong on how that system works. I just know they won, and they had the Saturday slot. And this year it was dinosaur-themed, and it was a decked-out party. Yes, it was. They had a totally, you know, bar with an awesome bartender who you could tell him what you want, he'd make it. I told him I wanted something amazing. He made me something amazing. You didn't ask for something awesome? Well, I was going to build up to the awesome. Oh, okay. I'm like, and sometimes, you know, you don't want just awesome. You want amazing. Or you maybe want something spectacular. God, a whole thesaurus full of... Actually, at one point, I went up to him and I said I wanted something non-alcoholic. Um, did, he, did his head explode? No. No, the exact opposite. He actually looked at me and said, Oh my God, okay, sweetie, I'll get you something non-alcoholic right away. And it was actually really it was like for me though. Yeah, it was actually for Barry. It was a really sensitive response to my request for something non-alcoholic. Wow. Because I was perfectly content drinking beer all night. But interesting. <laughs> interestingly enough, I actually had a gentleman who is drunk beyond belief come up to me at the party because I was sitting in a wheelchair. Uh, at that point, uh, all, uh, all the people I was talking to had left. He comes down and sit next to me. And tells me that, uh, that, that in his drunken, drunken way, I gave the bartender $25 so you could drink as much as you felt you wanted to drink because you were in the wheelchair. <laughs> and I'm a terrible person. Let me tell you how much of a terrible person I am. And I'm like, no, buddy, just let me know on this, this one thing that you said. You did this, and you're cool, and let's leave it at that. Thank you. And then he passed out on the couch. He was about to confess to some crimes. <laughs> I'm sure he was. You, 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 you could have nearly so solved 15 murders. $25. Wow. To a free bar. Yes. To a free bar. To a free bar. That, that was the first <laughs> part I went to. So it turns out the wheelchair is a great way to pick up guys. That's oh. the first part of the movie where I think I need more people in Basel. Yeah, because true. he was sitting there going, should I take the crutches or should I take the wheelchair? And I was actually still drunk from the beer panel going, no baby, you should take the, you should take the wheelchair because that picks up more chicks. Actually, <laughs> I intentionally did not drink because of the beer panel. I was like, and thanks to the smooth mood from the flirting panel, I flirted with these two girls on the couch all night long. <laughs> so two girls from the couch, how did he do? Oh, he did excellent. I would give him an, Very an A, A plus. Oh, good, yeah, good. So yeah. learned a lot. But, but he didn't go for the bonus question, but that's okay. Quite <laughs> follow-up question. Who did you end up leaving with? Basil. No. Everyone leaves with basil. Everyone. Sure. Now that he said, with John. But, <laughs> now that, that said, you know, I'll have to give John props. Like normally, I get to be like the guy everyone knows. Now this time, like John stepped it up, and everyone knew who he was. Well, that's because, um, like, early on, you know, it was just kind of us hanging around, and then um, the guys who were at the fighting game tournaments and from Game Galaxy, which is a, a local arcade around Nashville. Um, they knew me from the tournament, and um, they're like, "Hey, it's Johnny Five, and uh, you know we got to talking, and then the manpower showed up, and uh, I think I even saw Holly Ray. Uh, yeah, 
And uh, Jack Sparrow did show up and caress uh, Dylan's Sparrow. beard. That Best was Jack amazing. Allow me to tell you how in character he was. He hair. was going for the exit. He was about to leave the party, and I said, "Wrong way. The rum's that way." And he turned around, and went back to the bar. <gasps> yeah, I have just, to say you were this. An I have yeah. to say this about GMX. Um. I think I mentioned it to you guys at the party, but repeating it for the the listeners at home here. GMX has had the best male cosplayers I have ever seen. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Like, Amen. there was a snake walking around today who looked like he had come directly off the film and was yeah. snake. Now, hmm. when you talk to him... When you actually tried to speak to him, he actually had a very softer, gentler voice than the actor who played Snake did. But to look at him, he looked like the same guy, and he was amazing. Um, and then there was that Jack Sparrow that you talked about, who looked like Jack Sparrow, who looked oh, like yeah. Jack Sparrow from the movie. I wanted to follow him around. Yes. Acted like Jack Sparrow, who when you uh, people, some people would call him out as, "Hey, Johnny Depp." And he would turn around drunkenly and point to them and say, Johnny Depp played me in a movie. I'm Jack Sparrow. Captain. Uh, and, and you would believe him for a little bit. Yes, you would. I even saw a really good um, Zach Quinto Spock. Yes, yes. That's what I was about yes. to bring up. He was fantastic. Like, like yeah, he looked on, well, he looked more Zach Quinto than Zach Quinto. Like, yes. you know, it was like, I have never seen a convention where the the male cosplayers just so vastly was superior. Outclassed. Look, when you're like, a male cosplayer, you either go home or you bring it all to the game. <laughs> <laughs> go big or go home. If that's that I haven't seen that, that many great female cosplayers. There were a bunch of females in costumes, but the costumes were... Showing off their tits and ass. Yeah, like... um. There was there was a there was a girl dressed up as a there was a girl dressed up as a red shirt Star Trek original series girl, but it was only like the bikini top and the little skirt and her midriff was exposed. It was a tank top, so her arms were exposed. Her it was very short cut, so all of her legs were exposed. And my one comment as she passed by was. Well, damn! If I had the body, I'd do that too. <laughs> like it was, it was really amazing to look at, but it wasn't really as fantastic a costume. Yes. As now, some of you. now the girl that played the old uh, Roman doctor from from was that uh, a girl? Yeah, that was a girl. Oh. That played a, a Roman doctor from um, Assassin's Creed. Yes, she wore that bird mask and had the whole out full covering outfit on. That was brilliant. Which, fun fact for people who don't know, that is actually what um, doctors wore in the Renaissance because they discovered that if you wore that mask, it kept the plague away. Now, they thought it kept the plague away because it scared away the demons, but the truth of the matter is that it just covered their mouth and nose so well that it provided a barrier that kept them from inhaling uh, virulent toxins. I think the point of the, the beak was actually they put like yeah. something you know that was fragrant in there because yeah. they thought smells caused yeah. plague or whatever. But I, I do think it was really interesting. It was nice to see you know an Assassin's Creed costume and a multi 
genre convention, not an anime convention. Yes. Because yes. usually you see, like... AWA had, like, 15 hot NZO chicks. Like, Assassin's Creed is, like, the new Joker. <laughs> yeah. Like, huh. you know, at anime Hot cons. NZO girls. Huh. <laughs> and I think it's one of those things that, you know, I think the somehow the Assassin's Creed fan base and the anime fan base just happen to coincide really well. And so I think a lot of these cosplayers just happen to also go to anime cons, cosplay Assassin's Creed, so that's where they're going to cosplay. And, but it was nice to see one that at a convention that was more designed for it. But she I, did really well, too. Like she she was did. really amazing. Hmm. So I think y'all went to one more panel, the con survival. Uh, yes. Well, actually, I also hit uh, Where's My Flying Car, which was a bit, oh. of, a, bit of a disappointment. I mean, oh, really? The, the guys that ran it were, were really good, but it was another case of it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I mean, granted, now having been it, the, the title was apt, but I was expecting more of it being, you know, the first part would be, you know, these are the sort of technologies that science fiction or weekly reader or whatever promised us that haven't come to pass, but here's what's being developed. But really it was more just these are the things that haven't, I mean, that was, it was just that, that what I thought would be the first part of it. Right. Um, which was kind of disappointing. Um, and then did, went to the uh, Geek DIY uh, Repurpose Your World. That was actually really cool. And what really sucks is that um, one of the guys that put it on, if he hadn't cut his fingertip off this morning with a carbide-bladed saw... Oh, my God. ...and had to spend four hours in Vanderbilt getting it sewn back on, he would have brought his laser. Mm-hmm. His laser. laser. And, like, did cus and, and do custom dog tags for people at the, at the panel. Wow. I mean, there was just some really neat sort of stuff that they had made, these different groups had made. Um... It was neat. And you said this was connected to kind of the, the hacker space. Yeah, the hacker consortium, uh, SkyDogCon, which is apparently a couple weeks. That actually there. reminds me of the steampunk tent that was outside in the courtyard. Mm -hmm. What was that actually called? It was just the steampunk pavilion, but it's like the abolisher. Apparition abolishers. I've still not been to that. Dr. Torque something. Yeah, extraordinary. That's it. That was actually something. really neat. Obviously, mm -hmm. the steampunk company that was working with them had, one, a really good model artist, as they had mm -hmm. several um, they had several items on display that were like a captured mermaid and a, cap and a captured chupacabra, where they had, uh, obviously, a really good sculpture artist working with them. Mm -hmm. Um, and at several points in their display, I don't know if you guys were really paying that much attention, but at several points in their display, they were talking about the problem that the steampunk fandom is facing. And that problem is that there are so many people who are, you know, just taking apart watches and putting, like, gears on stuff and calling it steampunk. Yeah, when you glue yeah. a couple of gears to your iPod. That's not a steampunk iPod. That does not make it a steampunk iPod. And so much of their stuff was truly like steampunkish. Like you could look and you could see how if this was theoretically powered by steam, how it would channel and how it would flow. And it made much more sense scientifically than just attaching random gears to something. 
And one of the points they brought up at several points in there was actually the, hey, don't just slap gears on stuff and call it steampunk. Thank God someone's getting that message out there. <laughs> so, you want to finish up with Con Survival, or...? Um, it was pretty neat. I, I, Obviously, we only caught the first half of it. Right. Because yeah. we had better because things to do. That's right. Like getting crunk? Yeah. Like getting crunk. Um, the crunk and No, it, no, we didn't get crunk. No. And, and in fact, it, it, being the sober person in a room full of drunk people is awesome. Yeah, because they start showing you your boobs, and it's like... Really? Must oh not know. Dinosaurs start taking their clothes off. I, not I remember when you and Basil made. started making out. That was pretty amazing. That was hot. <laughs> but, but it, no, the, the panel was, was actually pretty good. It was... A lot of the rules they went over in it, though, were stuff that... If you're a con goer and you're over 18, you're already aware of. They gave away condoms. Now I've used every, every one of them. <laughs> In a diorama. <laughs> Pictures will be up on chainsawbuffet.com. Pictures will not actually be up on condomdiorama.com. Condomdiarrhea.com. Con survival guide, they talked about, you know, obvious stuff like hey, maybe it's not a good idea to, uh, you know, organize a room with some random stranger you met on a forum or, uh, you know, bathe and stuff like that. What, what, was, what was really interesting about that panel was almost all of us who went into it thought that it was going to be like your 30 and older type of thing from the, from the title. But it was 21 and up. Yeah, that was the... Kind of the goal. The, I guess the most say. interesting thing about it really was that he had a decent amount for all of his rule, for all the different tips. He had stories of where things had gone yes. very wrong, and what some was, of those stories were pretty entertaining. What was yeah. funny though was there was this point where, like, you know, we discussed the, or, well, we didn't discuss that. People discussed the fact that they thought this was for, like, actually older, older people like us, um, and. Uh, <laughs> And and there were like two other guys in the room who who's uh, who submitted titles had gotten changed slightly. That were very uh, quite a bit. Yeah, that um, completely changed the meaning of the. Panel. Yeah, like and people didn't go to their panels because they didn't understand what it's about. But I don't know. Well, that seems to be like Basil's mentioned that happened to AWA. That seems to be something that's kind of happening to cons in general, mm -hmm. is that the people who are actually putting on the panels don't seem to be as having as much control over what the panels are actually yeah. being called. And yeah. so it's it's practically, it, you know, if you're going to a con, it seems like just a good rule of thumb to actually read what the panel is yeah. supposed to be about. Yeah. Like, uh, anyway, saying was that if you've read the pocket guide, a lot of names were truncated heavily or, you know, didn't explain things correctly. Mm -hmm. But if you read the program guide, it did wonderful jobs of explaining everything. Yeah. In this case, it sounded like they were either, uh, one of them was, uh, like, sports fanatics versus geeks and how, how the two cultures, um, you know, compare and contrast. But they called it Family, Family Feud, Feud, which makes you think of the game show. Yeah, like, yeah. I think they were trying to punch up the title and make it sound like, Make it sound like something you wanted to go to. Yeah, and in fact, it confused Zazistan. people. <laughs> and, and the other one was something about geek sports, like airsoft and stuff like that. Oh. And they had, I think they were trying to clarify it, 
And in, they in a way, like, something about they mentioned reenactments and LARPing. And a bunch of LARPers show up to an yeah. airsoft uh, so, panel. I, I don't know. That, that was just interesting because it, it you know, they got f- finished with their main presentation early and it just kind of became this discussion. But that said, GMX, it's a fun time. It you should is. Go. I've had a really good time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if the biggest problem is fix those titles, then, you know, doing good. Um, or parking. Parking would be good. I don't, it's not really their fault. But, Sorry, yeah. Your car is still there tomorrow. Me too. Um, They're towing. I've seen it I on had Twitter. A, I really? actually got really frustrated well, when we first You should probably go out after this <laughs> and, uh, and move your car. I actually got where? really frustrated got spaces left. When, we first pu- when we first came in at noon today. I was really upset because Barry was in a wheelchair. I was carrying all of our stuff. Basil couldn't get a hold of the person who was in charge of the British track that had that was in charge of ske- rescheduling my panel. And then to top it all off, the hotel didn't have any rooms for us. People Ooh. hadn't checked out and they hadn't cleaned up the rooms yet. And so I was left carrying all this stuff, not knowing when my panel was, about to freak out. But actually, the hotel staff was really um, was really cordial and was really helpful in getting me calmed down and taking care of my stuff until they had a room cleared up for me and Basil was able to find, you know, the, the person in charge of the track. So it all worked out, but that was the one complaint that I had from the entire weekend, and that's actually a really minuscule mm-hmm. complaint. So yeah, GMX, go to it. It's bitching. Do it. It's awesome. Now. Yes, go back in time and go to GMX. Mm-hmm. Why aren't I'm, you there yet? Yeah, like uh, the, the it should be even crazier attendance numbers. Maybe that's why we had problems getting parking spaces. <gasps> oh, it's okay. oh yeah. Yeah, good you, job, people. You guys people. came back from the future into the past to go to GMX because it was this awesome. That's and awesome. It, obviously, you found out, and you also know what to go to because we just told you what what we went to, and that's always what you wanted to go to. Because you wanted to see Crazy Girl be crazy for yourself. Oh man! <laughs> um, if, I think, I, I'm actually looking forward to seeing her at other panels, at other conventions. Man, let me tell you, let me tell you, MTech Toku panel. Oh man, it's gonna be crazy, off the chain. But speaking of being off the chain, thank y'all guys for showing up. Yeah. Yeah. And we're out.